Hello and welcome to the Property Investing Australia podcast, where we'll be covering the right way to invest in property without taking the unnecessary risks, how to manage your money, and how to build the right mindset so that you can achieve your financial and wealth building goals. I'm your host, Nero Thambi Pillay. Hi, it's Nero here from Investment Rise, and today I want to talk about a very common question so many people ask when it comes to try to work out where the best place is to buy an investment property and why this question could lead you to make a horrible property investing decision. Now, before I reveal exactly what this question is, I want to share an experience I had recently that I think illustrates uh, the point very, very well. So we're in the process of, of helping a, a client buy an investment uh, property. And just a few days ago, I got a call from his broker who I'd spoken to um, before. And he said, Nero, I'm not just our mutual client's broker, I'm also his friend. And I also know a fair bit about property investing. And I just want to make sure you're giving the right advice uh, to this um, particular client and to, to his friend. Now, I was totally open to that and I said, look, yeah, fire away. And so he'd proceed to ask me three questions. Question one was, what's the vacancy rate of the suburb that you uh, recommended um, for your client? Now, great question, right? Now, if you followed any of my past work, you know that we want to look at areas that have a vacancy rate of under 3%, because that's when we're looking at areas where there are fewer people looking for properties to rent than properties that are available. And if we can look at an area anywhere under two and a half percent, then we know that we're buying in an area that's it's where it's very, very easy to get this property rented. Now, the suburb that we'd identified for this particular client had a vacancy rate of 0.7%. Yes, it was under 1%. So it's about as low as you could possibly get. So the broker, he was happy with that. Then he moved on to question number two. He said, within the suburb, the location that you've identified and the exact property you've identified, how close is it to such things as the train station, the, the hospital, schools, shops, and, and amenities? Again, great question, right? And when I went through that, he was happy with my answer. But then he asked me a third question that was this. He said, Nero, do you have any data to show what's the capital growth been like for this particular suburb for the last few years. Now, I was able to give him the data because the suburb had grown by 19.4% since May 2016. But the question still surprised me because this was a person who claimed to know a lot about property in investing. And he was asking me about the past capital growth. But you and I both know that past capital growth is no indicator of future capital growth, right? And I think almost all of us know this rationally. And yet we ask this question so many times. I've seen so many, especially first time investors make their investing decision based on this question. Let me explain. Cast your mind back to 2016, 2017. At the time, the Sydney and Melbourne markets were rising like a rocket. Many people out there said you had to buy property now or you're going to, to miss out and the prices are rising to the moon, you know, all that kind of talk. And yet you know, I was one of the few people who came out at that time and said, 
Look, if you're looking to buy property, especially for capital growth in the next few years, and this is back in 2016, 2017, then the Sydney and Melbourne markets were not the best places to invest in from a capital growth perspective, especially over the short to medium term. Now, I copped a lot of criticism for that, but there are people today who bought property in 2016, 2017, who either couldn't then settle on the property because a property uh, fell in value and they didn't have the money to, um, to, to complete the purchase, or they're in a position where they do have a property that they bought, but even today they couldn't sell it for what they, they bought it for, right? And, so, and then many people say, well, how could that be? You know, prices were, were rising and we chose a great area close to all the good infrastructure. So how come it's when we decide to buy that the market fell? And the, and the thing is this, it's because just because a market has risen so much in the past, there's no guarantee it's going to rise in, 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 in the future. In fact, one of the things I always look at is I want to see how much capital growth has a market had, sure, and how long has it been rising for? Because one of my key philosophies and mantras is the longer a suburb has been rising for in capital gain, the more quickly it's likely to experience a, a downturn or at least for prices to go flat, right? So you don't want to make your decision based on, oh, price have risen so much, I need to jump in, in, in now. You need to make your decision on other factors. And I'll explain what they are shortly, but there's another reason why asking this question can lead you to make a bad property investing decision. And it can really cause you to, to miss out. So let's go back a bit further in, in time. So 2010, 2011, at the time, especially the Sydney and Melbourne markets had been really flat. Sydney particularly since 2003 when the market had hit a bit of a peak as a result of the, the Sydney Olympic Games and then the market had been, been flat for, for, for many years. And so a lot of people were very hesitant about buying property in Sydney in 2010, 2011. In fact, there were many people back then talking about the market could drop by 40%. Uh, and because the market had been flat for so long, Sydney and Melbourne prices were gonna have a, have, have, have a downturn. And yet here I was, I made my biggest investments in the Sydney market back in, in 2011. And, uh, but many people who I spoke about were hesitant about buying in, in the Sydney market. And they rather wanted to go to look at either regional towns or they wanted to go and buy maybe in, in Perth, which was experiencing the end of its property boom. And yet we all know what happened to Sydney and Melbourne market since uh, 2010, 2011, 2012, right? Prices have re increased significantly. You know, one of my clients who I bought, bought a property and it was really all he could uh, uh, afford and it was in, in Blacktown, he made over $400,000 in, in capital gain. And many of our clients of, of mine have made an even greater gain. But many people have missed out. And now looking back with regret going, God, I wish I'd bought and I wish I, I, I had known. But the thing is, we all know, as I said, that past capital gain is no guarantee and no even indicator in many cases of what the future capital growth is, right? So how then can we look to determine whether an area has a greater chance of capital growth? Now, of course, no one has a crystal ball. There is no guarantee, but there are some questions you can ask and there is some research you can look for and some indicators you can try to find out about that can help give you a better chance of higher capital growth. And what are some of those indicators? Well, first of all, it is the vacancy rate. Now, 
as an investor, of course, you want to buy in an area where it's very easy to get your property rented. And that's one of the reasons why I avoid the uh, the unit market um, pr predominantly. I, I always advise looking for houses or at least townhouses, something with a land component, um, because they can't make any more land. But if when you go and buy a unit, you know, even if you can get rented out quickly to today. There's no guarantee that's going to be the case, especially if they can build more towers, you know, um, in, in the coming years. So, however, yes, a vacancy rate is important from a cash flow perspective so you can get your property rented. You want to keep your vacancy rate low, but there's another potential indicator. When you buy in a suburb that has a low vacancy rate, it can often indicate that there is an excess of demand, that you're buying in an undersupplied area where demand is higher than supply. And anytime you can get an indicator that shows that demand is greater than supply, it is more likely, again, no single indicator will give this, but it is more likely that there's gonna be capital growth in, in the future. So that's the first thing. The second thing you wanna look at, which a lot of people will talk about is, well, what is the, the, the infrastructure in, in the area? Now, when it comes to infrastructure, I see a lot of people going to buy in a particular area or suburb because they hear about infrastructure coming. Okay, and I think that's a very risky place. Like for example, a lot of people who went and bought in the northwest of Sydney in 2008 to 2010, or even earlier rather, um, hoping, you know, because the, the new train line would come. But that took a while to, to get approved, right? And for, for that period of time, they didn't experience any actual capital, capital growth. So yes, it was supposed to come, but then it never did for many, many years. Right? Same thing happened uh, in the north of the, uh, the, the Gold Coast. A lot of people went and bought in particular areas because there was a new Westfield supposed to come. But it didn't come for many years afterwards. And for all that period, they just sat there twiddling uh, their thumb, thumbs. Many of them even struggled to get their property rented because without the, the shopping and the surrounding infrastructure that was coming, tenants wouldn't move there either. We've seen the same thing happen in the west of Melbourne. So buying in an area based just on something that's coming, it's a very risky play. Rather, what I want to see from an infrastructure perspective is, is there existing infrastructure already, you know, the schools and, and, and shops, and is there more coming? That's a much more safer play because I'm a little skeptical of government uh, prom promises. You know, I, I don't always think that just because they say it's going it's to be approved and start this year, that doesn't mean anything. It could be many years afterwards. So therefore, I want to really look at what the existing infrastructure is and does the suburb tick the boxes as it stands and then everything that coming is, that's coming is cream on top. Okay, so that's the second thing I look, look at. But the third thing I'm looking at is sales activity. You know, how quickly are properties similar to what you're looking to buy in the suburb you've targeted, how quickly are they being sold? What's the average time on market? And is the average time on market, is it reducing or is it increasing, right? These are the things you want to be, be, be looking at, okay? Because if you can buy in an area where time on market is, is decreasing, that again shows that there's a lot of demand. And as I said, the more indicators that you can find that point to greater demand over supply, the more likely it is that you're gonna experience capital growth. But as you can see, this involves work, involves research, or you're gonna to have to get some professional help. And unfortunately, most people don't wanna do that. They're looking for the quick and easy way. They're looking for the, the, the shortcut. And so therefore, they resort to that question of, well, what's the past capital growth been like in this particular suburb? 
They want to buy out of the, the fear, you know, the fear of missing out is a big driver for them when looking to, to buy a, a property. And you don't want that to, to, to be, be, be yourself. You don't want to be like those investors who are taking those, those shortcuts, making those lazy decisions, and ultimately it costs them big. Instead, do your research, get the professional help that you need, and then you too can start making profitable property investing decisions. Hey, it's Nero here again, and thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, and you think you might like my help to find an investment property, then head on over to nerocall.com. That's Nero, N-I-R-O, call, C-A-L-L.com. Head over to nerocall.com to discover our unique five-step process that's now helped our private client group purchase well over $66.8 million worth of property. And then if you like what you see, you can book in for a property consult with me personally. Either way, thanks again for listening.